0: This CLC podcast is brought to you from Crossroads Life Church located in Hairston, Ontario. May this message from Pastor John Finocchio bless and enrich your life. So there's there's an incredible number of posts on social media about the virus. And uh, of course, um, it's dominating the media all over the world. And uh, as I considered all of this as a pastor, uh, you know, where does my greatest responsibility lay, and uh, what is it that I should be speaking to? And it would be easy for me to just echo, you know, what's already out there, which is, I'm not criticizing anything that anybody is saying, Um, but it would be easy just to echo that. But uh, as I, you know, read more and more and saw more and more, um, one of the things that uh, I, an issue that that I felt was deeper, that I, that I identified in all this, is something I want to speak to this morning. And so we step back for a moment and look at what's happening to people and what is happening in their souls. And what is it that we see when we look at, you know, kind of the 10,000-foot level of how people are behaving and what the the, the uh, reactions, uh, the reactionary uh, behavior of people Uh what, what, what is really happening in, in, in their souls? And please understand that as a pastor, I'm called to watch for your soul. That's, that's my job description. Um, you know, sometimes I get talking to people about issues because I see something in their soul, and I might want to talk to them. And I've had, over the years, I've had a few people say, you know, that's none of your business. And I said, well, <clears throat> you are my business. You are my business. And uh, Hebrews 13, 17, uh, writer of Hebrews says, obey those who have the rule over you and be submissive. For they watch for your souls. So that's the issue. It's not a it's not positional authority. It's not about, you know, being top down or anything like that. It's a whole idea that um, a true shepherd, a true pastor is, is watching out for souls. And there's a concern that, that I have when I look at uh, people and see how, you know, for example, the reports of people fighting over toilet paper. Uh, and I know, you know, we can laugh about it, but, you know, this is, this is like, what is going through you? What is being communicated through your soul when you would go in and punch somebody's lights out to get toilet paper? <laughs> like, stop and think about it. There's something wrong. And uh, <clears throat> then, you know, people who are, who are worried every waking moment, and whose conversations are riveted on the steady feed of the media reports. You know, listen, before I get any further in this message, one really great idea is just to turn it off, because really, you're not going to learn much more. What's out there is out there, and there's not much more you're really going to learn. Maybe once every couple days, go to a reliable source on the web, check out what the most recent information is. But... But the, the media, Jan and I, when we were down in the states, we just turned it off. We just said, enough of this. This is just wreaking havoc and panic within people. And, um, and, and, and that's really what is happening. And so many people are full of fear, and that panic has become the window that they are looking through and the, view, the, the, the uh, lens through which they're viewing everything that's happening. And at its very core, it comes down to the fear of death. At its very core, it comes down to the fear of death. Am I going to die? Is my child going to die? Is somebody going to die? And I'm fairly certain that none of us, you know, are looking for opportunities to check out early. Am I right about that? You know, none of us are, are, you know, just lining up and say, hey, how can I get myself killed? You know, we're not doing that. So, and that's understandable. We all have a, a sense of self-preservation that is healthy, that is God-given, that is right. And, um, but many people are stirred to a place of fear that is, that is not normal. And, uh, you know, all of us want to, to live out the fullness of our days and enjoy good health, and, and I'm included in that company. And so uh, we have to guard against, however, being fanatical even about that. You know, even about your health, you know. And some people get fanatical, literally. They're just fanatics. You you know, we talk about freaks, you know. Uh, You can talk about a a health freak. You know, we talk about people being a health freak, you know. And and so they're just like, it's just like their focus. And what I mean by that is to be obsessed or overly concerned in a way that causes you to pay over attention to something. Overattention attention that, that can be unhealthy, and it can rob you of the peace of God that God desires you to walk in. So the question is, am I operating out of fear or out of faith? That is the question that all of us have to ask ourselves when it comes to all these things. Um, am I operating out of fear or am I operating out of faith? And uh, perhaps, you know, really the only person who can ask that or answer that question is you for yourself and me for myself. But we can ask the Lord to kind of show us uh, uh, if, if we have gone too far to, to fear and not stayed in faith. You know, fear is a very powerful emotion. And uh, fear has a good side to it, doesn't it? Um there are positive reasons why we possess the ability to experience the emotion of fear. There's no doubt that fear can motivate us to get out of the range of destructive situations. Fear can uh, motivate us to remove ourselves from circumstances that might be extremely harmful or dangerous uh, to us or to others. You know, if you're out on a lake in a boat, and uh, all of a sudden you see, you know, dark, dark clouds emerging, and and the wind picks up, and the water's begin to get troubled, how many know it might be a good idea to make a beeline for the shore? You know, that fear will, will motivate you to get out of there, you know? Uh, or if, you know, you, we could list any number of situations and, uh, and, and where we would experience fear. And that emotion of fear can actually help us. But uh, there, there are some people who would... Um, you know, choose to stay home on a morning like this. We know of people in our church who've already communicated with us that they're staying home. And there's there's no condemnation to that. There's nothing wrong with that. There are some people who have pre-existing conditions or lung uh, uh, issues that they just cannot take the risk. It just would not be wise for them to expose themselves in any way to something like this kind of a virus that attacks your lungs. So, I totally get that. I totally understand that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Some people have a compromised immune system already, and they're susceptible to uh, different types of things. I was sitting, well, I was actually sitting in the Toronto airport getting my shoes shined. Not these ones, but uh, some black shoes, you know. And I like to do that when I go there. It's because I don't shine my shoes. So (laughs) when I go through an airport, it's a good idea to stop and have them shine it. And uh, not only that, I love the feeling of sitting on a throne. No. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> anyway, there was a guy sitting beside me with a mask on, you know. And this, this gentleman was finishing up his shoes. And, and so I turned to him and I said, so um, are you concerned about the virus going around? And he said, no, no, not at all. He said, uh, I'm just recovering from cancer treatment. I went, oh, my gosh, really? I'm sorry to hear that. And he said, yeah. He said, I've, I've, I've been uh, last two years battling cancer, and they've told me that I'm most of the way through. But with all the chemo, he said, my, my immune system is really down. So, you know, it's just one precaution. I don't know if it even really helps, but it makes my mind feel better about it, walking around an airport. And so, you know, I totally get that. I totally get that. There are people who who have to take precautions, and they, and they have to think about that. And so, you know, he, he didn't look fearful. He, he was walking around an airport. He was ready to get in an airplane, and go. In, he told me, he said, I've, I've been through so much in the last few years, I just want to go take a vacation. And I said, well, that's great. I hope you're going to go enjoy some sunshine and, and, and have a great vacation and a safe one. But um, however, even to those people, even to those people, I would say, stay at home, but build your faith and reduce your fear. Build your faith, reduce your fear. Do things that will build your faith while you stay at home. And uh, be reminded that at the end of the day, the just shall live by faith. Your life is in your faith. And living by faith and walking in the peace uh, as a result of that faith is something that we are called to and given in Christ. That's that's our inheritance. That is that is what we have inherited through what Jesus did for us, is to be able to walk in faith and, and the resulting peace. You know, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son uh, also became flesh and blood for only... As a human being, could he die? And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of death. So there's a kind of enslavement that we just kind of take as being normal. Uh, But it is one of the major reasons, according to this scripture, that Jesus went to the cross to remove from us the enslavement of the fear of death. That that if we have truly embraced that through through the cross, uh, we've received the forgiveness of sin. And through the cross, we've also uh, received the power that defeats the work of Satan. And we must accept also that we have an appointment with death and then the scripture says and then the judgment we all have an appointment with death news flash 100% of all the 7.7 billion people who are currently living on planet earth will die no exceptions So, we do not get to choose the circumstances. We do not choose to, get the, to choose the day, the time, uh, or the conditions through which manner in which we are going to face death. But we have an appointment with death, and then the scriptures, and then the judgment. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really important that we understand that, that God is going to be with us through all of that. And that Jesus has gone before us and he's made a promise. And He said, I go to pl- prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, so really, on the other side of the grave for the Christian is a glorious resurrection and an eternity in the everlasting kingdom of our Savior. Somebody say amen. So, you know, uh, 1 John chapter 4 says, love has perfected among us, has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You know, the love of God is perfected in our hearts through Christ so that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. How can you have boldness in the day of judgment? Because you know yourself and I know myself and we know all the things that we do and the way we are. How can we possibly have boldness? in the day of judgment. Boldness. Because it's not about what you and I did. It's about what Jesus did. It's about what he did when he went to the cross. That's what it's about. And we cling to the cross. And we lay hold of the love of God that is expressed through the cross that Jesus went to the cross for us and in our place. And so... The scripture says that because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So the word actually translated torment. I looked it up and it actually means chastisement, correction, or punishment, so the fear that has, been, that has not been conquered by love has a punishing effect upon our soul. Any fear that, is, that has not been conquered by the love of God, wow. it has a punishing effect on you. It will punish you every day of the week. It will punish you as you go through life because you're living in fear. In fact, the devil wants you to punish you. He wants to torment you and desires for you to live a tormented existence. On the other hand, God desires to give you life and peace through taking the full advantage of everything that Jesus did for you when he went to the cross. The love of Christ is a perfect love, a perfect love for you and me, and a fear-conquering love. That's, that's what it is. And so it causes us to know that we're secure, not, not because of our... Uh, <clears throat> Self preservation and the regimes that we build around our self preservation, but we're secure in Christ. We're secure in what He's done for us. And um, John, John says that as, as, as He is, so are we in this world, as He is. So did Jesus live in fear? You know, there are actually examples in Scripture where, uh, you know, Jesus was chased out of a town. You know, at one point they wanted to throw, stone him and throw him over a cliff. And the Bible says he escaped from the midst of them. Uh, So was he motivated? Was he running in fear? When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, if this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Was he afraid? Well, I would say that Jesus was not afraid, but uh, he he understood the human side of physical suffering and that he would endure, but his human side was subordinate to the will of the Father. And he brought it under subjection. And, and in his spiritual commitment to doing the Father's will, he laid down his life for us. It wasn't wrestled from him. The Father didn't have to wrestle his life. He laid it down. And so it takes something like a current pandemic that we're going through sometimes to reveal how fearful we are about death. And uh, we should take reasonable precautions. We should avoid dangerous situations. But you know what? Life is full of risks. You know, you, you, may, you might be the healthiest person. At one point, I lived <clears throat> beside a guy who ran in every marathon. It was living in the city of Hamilton at that time. Janet and I were in our first home. And this guy was so healthy, and he was running in every race, every marathon, And uh, he ran every day, and he looked like a specimen of of good health. And he was in his late 30s, threw a heart attack, and died. Nobody expected that. It was absolutely, completely, uh, everybody was absolutely shocked who knew this guy. But life is full of risks. Things happen, and uh, we can't, as I said earlier, we can't control it. So what we have to do is somehow reconcile ourselves with the peace of God. And we have to reconcile ourselves to the fact that God has us covered. That, you know, I pray, Jan and I, every time we go anywhere in our car, we pray. We just have a word of prayer. We pray for protection. We pray that God will protect us from the mistakes of others and from any mistakes we could make while we're driving. And I pray every time I get it on an airplane, every time I get on an airplane. I'm, once I pass through security and I'm walking down that aisle to board the plane, I'm just quietly praying under my uh, you know, breath and I just pray for the plane. I pray for every mechanical and hydraulic and electronic part, I pray for the pilots. And as I get on, I literally put my hand on the plane. I don't, it's inconspicuous, I don't try to demonstrate it or pray out loud so that people can see how holy I am. I just walk up, put my plan, and I just, I bless this plane in Jesus' name. And I get on, and I ride in peace. And, you know, I can honestly say that I have had great peace in flying all over the world. You know, I also uh, attempt to stay healthy I and strong. I try to eat right. I take vet, uh, vitamins, and I get proper rest, and I build my immune system. But most importantly, above all that, I seek to build my faith because, you know, my word to you as a church this morning, this is really what I want to say to you. Build your immune system and build your faith while understanding that one is infinitely more consequential than the other. (laughs) You know, your health, you can pay all kinds of attention as examples I've already given to your health and it might not get you through. But I'll tell you, your faith will get you through everything. Wow. Your faith will get you. Faith, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yeah. So faith is a powerful force. Faith is, you know, people have had the, been sawn and sunder while they've continued to confess God. People have been crucified upside down. People have been beheaded because they wouldn't. They would not give up their faith. Faith will get you through anything. And so build your immune system. Wise thing. But even more importantly, build your faith. And so your faith will render far more and lasting benefits uh, than anything you could possibly do to care for your, your physical health. And one of the highest priorities in these days, in the days that we're living, is to continue to meditate scripture. Build your faith. Uh, you know, are you hiding under the shadow of the Almighty? Psalm 91 verse 1 says, Are you building faith among your family members and in your home? creating, Or are you creating fear-based thinking among your children because you're so fearful and you're, you're communicating fear to them, not a healthy fear, but an unhealthy fear? Or are you using this time to pray Scripture Over your kids and teach them the promises of God and the amazing opportunity to teach them what the scripture says. Uh, You know, listen to Matthew chapter 10. It says, Do not fear those who kill the body or those things that can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Many of you are probably aware of this because you've been reading the Bible for many years, but I'll tell you something, that 365 times in the Bible, the scripture says, fear not. That's one for every day. One for every day, 365 times, fear not. For I am with you. To live in fear is like having a great big devil and a very little God. Charles Spurgeon, great preacher of the 19th century, said this, The Christian need not dread sickness, for he has nothing to lose and everything to gain by death. Not only that, we'll give you a great funeral. What a perspective from a man who lived in a time where there were no antibiotics, there were no vaccinations, there were no elaborate healthcare systems. Many, many of our brothers and sisters who are now that audience, that cloud of witness in the heavens, have gone before us. They lived in times where they didn't have anything that we had, but they stayed in faith. They lived by faith. Let me just finish with these two scriptures. Psalm 46, 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Could you read that out loud with me, please? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Very present help. Some translations say an abundantly available help. And then Psalm 91. Let's read this out loud together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth, be your shield and buckler. Just keep reading that. Go ahead. Do you believe that? Let me sing this song for you. I woke up. I wrote this song like 1978 or 79, and I've never sang it in years and years. And one day last week, I literally woke up, and this song was running through my head. And I just took that from the Lord. I thought, okay. I'll see if I can sing it. Not that I have a cold or anything, but my voice has definitely changed.
1: have to fear at all I'm safe in the hand of God I don't have to fear at all I'm safe in the hand of God and when we gather with his people and gather in his name he said he'd be in the midst of us as we sing He. fear at all I'm safe in the hands of God I don't have to fear at all I'm safe in the hand of God and when we gather with his people and gather in his name he said he'd be in the midst of us as we sing his, his praise Sing His praise, I don't have to fear at all, I'm safe in the hands of God, I don't have to fear at all, I'm safe in the hand of God, Amen.
0: amen, all right. That concludes this CLC podcast. More podcasts can be found on our website at www.myclc.ca.